It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. There's no shine. We're going. We're going straight hot on this one. We're throwing. We're gonna blow up today, fellas. We just throwing blows, man. Let's hit it. We show up, then we blow up, then yep. we fall till we fall. Isn't that right, Tyra? Oh God. <laughs> I'm actually I'm, okay with promo, this, man. Yeah. Today, um, today's been the day of meeting stupid people, so I am completely on board you know, for, for leaning in on this. Yeah, I just I don't know what Tony was thinking in terms of. When you mention a wrestler's record, the term just it, it's a it's not it's such a bad bad business move. He if what AEW represents, let's go positive first before yes. throwing before the criticism because I hate people who just criticize. But it was basically a group of the boys got together and got with Tony Khan, they made their own brand. And you can't help but respect that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like the the guns and and Cody and and everybody involved in that who who said, you know what? Let's do it our way. And you cannot not respect that. Like that, good for them. And you're going to have bumps along the way. You're going to go through periods where, like, it doesn't seem any of your guys are quite getting over. That's, like, part of the game. You know, the WWE, between the time of, like, the Warrior and the Macho Man, before Stone Cold came around, we had Manitars and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there was this lull to where you just didn't know who it was going to be, you know? People stopped watching. They kind of moved. And then... Something happens and a star is born. And then that star ignites other guys, and then you get yourself in an awesome situation. But it takes time. And, you know, they with MJF, they built MJF. Although MJF, I, I, I thought his indie career was, he was pretty good. I know I was supposed to work him a couple of times, but the schedule's never really worked out. But, um, my opinion, one of the best heels in this generation that's come out. Like, well, like he's allowed. That's come out. I don't. I think it's too early to call anybody best anything because he's allowed to do stuff that most guys aren't. So I think, like the Rock comes out and calls everybody some bitch, right? All the other boys can't right. say that because the easiest way to get heat from the crowd is cussing at him. Because mm-hmm. in this day and age, you can't. So you, the average WWE guy, goes out there. He's got a. He's got to worry about sponsors. He's got to worry about pissing off the boss. He's got to worry about pissing off his agent. And Rock doesn't have those concerns. <laughs> you know, Triple H goes out there and says what he wants to say. You know, you would hope he wouldn't. Lead, he'd lead by example because he's Triple H. But whenever DX gets together, you know what's going to happen. So when a guy goes out and he can cuss and yell at everybody, I, is it? I, I kind of have more. 
I think a guy is greater when he's able to do it with the handcuffs. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I Miz gets – and Miz, you want to smack Miz in the face, right? Something mm-hmm. about him, he just – but he doesn't – but he can easily start calling everybody names and stuff and get booed and all this other stuff. But then it, it's, a, it's such a cheap pop. It doesn't last. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't last. That's why Miz has been where he's at, and he's always – if he's not in a semi-main, he's always around the car. He's always around the title. And and, and I'm making my point because I know I started AEW and getting all the place. Jinder has always been the guy to get heat. He is part of the Midnight Deckhands, which I was a proud member of. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it didn't matter who you put him in the ring with. He's going to get them over. Jack Swagger, same thing. Now they've had yeah. uh, they've had Jake Hager for a minute, and he's one of the best heels to ever lace up a pair of boots in terms of getting heat with nothing. You don't have to do anything for him. He doesn't need promos, pyro, or anything. Give him the mic, let him do his thing, and they will hate him or love him, depending on what it is. Gender is the same thing. Gender doesn't take a backseat to anyone. Him l- talking trash about a guy losing in wrestling is about the stupidest thing possible. And when fans do it, you laugh at them because it's like if if we kept records, if a guy came out and was like Stone Cold Steve Austin is one thousand and nine hundred and one with ten countouts because stunning Steve Austin lost all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. so, yeah. so stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, does it count when you're coming up and all your dark matches as a heel, you put the baby face over? Well, it almost <laughs> feels more stupid when it's the owner the, of the, the company doing it. And this like is why it's stupid. This is why, it, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying stupid with the utmost respect. You just had this tournament. Hook wasn't in the tournament, Okay. And you had three or four of your top guys battle all. You had Moxie, you had um, a couple other dudes. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got them up there, Cesaro. You've got these made guys who made major, and you had some epic battles in that. Any of those top five guys that has been on TV that week getting heat, you put as, as Samoa Joe's first opponent or whatever. You're not going to get any argument. The problem was you just threw Hook. You said uh, Hook's going in there, and your fans, because you're listening to the internet, was another mistake. If those guys could book or those guys could work, they wouldn't be sitting on their computers telling you. you know, the, the worst car wreck in the world is this new thing where you have a guy – who videotapes himself watching Raw or AEW and making comments and criticisms. You should have your wrestlers watch him watch wrestling and laugh with popcorn. Like, you're you're listening to the guys who are at home. They're not buying a ticket. They're telling you, oh, I don't want to hook. Then you push hook more. You know Wait, what I'm saying? I need a squirrel on you. you need, I'm a squirrel on you. You just created a new TV show right there. Do you know that, right? We need to start getting some of the boys to watch that stuff and get that reaction. Oh, let's do it. Uh, that's <laughs> oh, my God. Mystery Science Theater 3000 in the wrestling world? Oh, I love it. Yes. You sit and you watch the, the Mark Troll watch wrestling. 
Now, it's going to be confusing because some of them, like, their eyes aren't really all together. So if they say pick it up, all four of us will look on the ground like, who is he talking to? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are not Mother Nature's finest. Science Theater 3000. Yes. And you videotape yourself watching them watch you wrestle. Like, I'm all, hey, that can't be a lot of funding. What what do we need for that? But, uh, yeah, that's exactly what needs to happen. You don't. You are, you are, you wouldn't see Vince tweeting like, hey, you don't like my show, but the WWE, Jinder Mahal's a made man. Jinder Mahal's a made man. Jinder Mahal is a household name in Canada and India. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jinder, don't hinder Jinder. His, he is a great worker. He's the guy who will do whatever you want to do. He's the guy you want on your roster. Because if you had a young kid like Hook coming up, and Jinder will get him heat, and Jinder will put him over and say, what's next, boss? So if you yep. want a guy, and he got heat when he came out and the crowd was like, oh, this is BS. It's Jinder. We hate Jinder. And then they got The Rock, and then you had The Rock and Jinder. And then Jinder called out, he's a former champ. So he can always get a title shot. Like that's, yep. that is the dumbest thing ever. It's, <sighs> it it seems very similar to like when Bischoff called out about mankind winning the world title because WWE was taped at the time. Yeah, and, and it, it was the it, kiss it of death. On him. Yeah, it backfired on him because everybody's like, "Oh, mankind's gonna win the title. Let's watch." Yeah, it, and not to mention it was then, like. Why would you do that to the fans? Like, you're, yep. who, what was the point of that? Beat them. The only way you win is in the ratings. And if your ratings aren't great, then you need to look internally at what you're doing. Lashing out at Jinder Mahal, because I'm telling you right now, if AEW had a Jinder Mahal, it'd be a better place. And I'm not throwing shade at anyone. But Jinder Mahal, Drew McIntyre, Heath Slater. They were the, the most ridiculous crew ever put together. I think I probably wrestled them all individually as a group, tag team, probably a thousand times. But every one of those guys, didn't matter what they were asked, they did it. And that's the guy you want out there. You don't want the guy that's going to go out there and be like, I got to put him over. And then the match looks like I got to put him over match where I need to kick out of yep. three finishes and I got to get all my shit in because they don't have any psychology at all. How many matches do you think Arn Anderson lost? <laughs> Bingo. How many matches do you think Haku lost? Yep. Now, one of the most feared guys in there. He, hey, if, if Arn and Haku said we ain't losing the day, guess what? They and they're not losing the day. I was I was feuding with Austin Creed, and if they said to me, you know what, man, I don't think Creed's gonna beat me tonight, boss. Guess what? He's not. But that's not what well, that actually happened to me when I was when I was wrestling for Harley back in the day. I was got to be his youngest world champion. The guy I had to beat was Haku. And the conversation I had with Harley, I was like, I asked him, I said, I was like, how did that conversation go when you were talking to Haku about him putting me over for the title? He goes, I just asked him, Trevor. Yeah. And I said, what, what would have happened if he would have said no? He goes, then you wouldn't have won the title. <laughs> that plain and simple. If Ming would have said no, Haku would have said no. It just wouldn't have happened. Now I flew That's him cool. up for the match at, at Chase seventy three. Flew him and the family out to see me capture the title against Trevor, and the decision was made. They were going to have him. They were going to. They switched the decision. 
when Billy, and it was a text, it wasn't a, a conversation, and I said, is this the finish? He said, yeah. I said, okay, boss. Now, at that point, uh, I smartened Haku up ahead of time. I didn't smarten the kids up or anybody. And Haku came up to me, and he said, they changed the finish, boss? And I was like, yeah, sorry I brought you guys. He says, no. Is the And what did you say? I said, yeah, of course. He's like, that's how you do business. You do business. That's what we do. We're here to see you. We and don't, he was just as proud of you. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Because that's not what we do. If 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 you want to if you want to have Hook wrestle Joe and upset Joe and win the title, this ain't the way to do it. Nope. You've set that poor kid up for failure. Well, not to mention, like you right there, it doesn't look well for Hook either. Like, no, and it's not fair. To... It's not fair to Hook at all. He's young. No. He's got a good look. He his his stuff's not bad. He's you know he's green. He's growing. He's on TV a lot younger than most of us, most guys would be on TV. Yep. And uh, you know he's a champion in his own right, and work on establishing that championship. I don't watch it AEW consistently enough to know if he's on TV every week. Is he getting? Is he in the semi? Because I, I the tournament, I was checking the tournament out because I thought they're going to make some new stars out of this, and I thought it was brilliant. Whenever you have tournaments, it's not always the guy that wins that gets that becomes the next guy. It's the guy who puts the guy over usually. Yep. Hold it right there. We'll be back in a hot minute. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So to take, to throw shade at gender, I got a problem with because gender is only half, 60% of the guys in the locker room, 70 probably. If gender at six, what, five, six, 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 four, he's your height, right, Aaron? Around six, four? Yeah, yeah, him and I are about the same height. Yeah, you too. If you two decided, I'm not losing tonight. You're not. Guess what's going to happen? You're not going to lose. But here's the deal: you won't have a job anymore. Right. Well, here's here's the issue, right? And like, wrestling has always kind of been a product of the times. And with the guys we're talking about, from Harley Race, Haku. Uh, Tyrus, you, Trevor, you, um, you know, geez, like, you you know, I've been around you long enough to know that you're a grown man and you, you get what this is. We're all secure enough in ourselves as men uh, or as adults even to understand like what it is. And I think a lot of people like, like when they go to the internet and, and this goes for a lot of fans too, where it's like, they are going to take whatever, narrative suits them at the time of like oh wins and losses matter but then at the end of the day where we know look this is entertainment the outcome's predetermined um and and that's kind of like it it takes away from what wrestling truly is which we all know it's an art form it's entertainment and guess what if you don't like what's going on you know one night we get to do it again and 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 that stems from just again being secure in who you are as a person in my opinion because like the people that i've encountered um, again, not going to sling shade, name names, but 
you know, that are they have a little trepidation, let's say, about losing. And, uh, well, and their performance is affected because of the outcome of the match or the perceived outcome of the match. Um, it, it's just, I don't know, it, it's pretty uh, pretty mind-boggling, and, and I, I think it's pretty disgusting, to be honest. Well, and here's the deal. You just opened Pandora's box because now when you ask a guy to do a favor, he's going to like, well, it's going to hurt my record. Yeah. I can't yeah. lose yeah. I can't lose three matches in a row, boss. Yeah. You know, like and for a while yes. you know, Santino goes out to the Royal Rumble and gets eliminated in the second. Oh man, that's really gonna hurt my stuff. You know, I oh. I, I gotta be in there at least thirty minutes, boss. Records matter. And and in some cases it does, you know, with the with the monsters, you know, the abysses of the world and, and myself and the Canes and the big shows and the Mark Henrys and the big guys, we catch hell when we lose to little guys. We do on the Internet. You know, if I had your size, blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, but that's part of you, the heel, and you're, you've been beating the guy up, and then the always oh, should end. The good guy always wins at the end. That's how it's supposed to be. That's why people come back. That's why they cheer and boo. And, you know, just... Tony needs to be he needs to just trust the process. Trust his product. He's got he's got great athletes. He's got great guys who can go, guys who can talk. Samoa Joe is is a great champion and you're going to get a lot of great matches and you're going to get, you know, you get him and Cesaro in that ring together. You get anybody from Blackpool Party in that in that genre. You get him, you get you know, what's his name? Baldo, Waldo, Baldo. What is it? Baldo? Him up in there, you know, look, there's there's a bunch of guys. You have the guys. Focus on that. But when you start bending the knee. Stop selling. Stop selling, Tony. Yeah, and and you start bending the knee to the internet fans. They don't know what the hell. They're just lonely guys talking trash. Oh, I don't want any hooks. But they're still watching. You know, you know Razor Ramon yeah, getting Razor Ramon, who was the top yeah. top heel at the time, losing to the one two three kid. You know, what I'm saying? not just once, twice, and he made a guy. Did it hurt Razor? No, I think he nope. ended up all right. Nope. Exactly, but I guess they could have yeah. said, "Well, you know, one two three kids' record is zero and sixty seven at the time. <laughs> he hadn't won a match since he was the Lightning Kid in GWF or whatever the hell it was." On ESPN, so uh, yeah, GWF, I think, yeah, GFW, yeah, global, yep, yeah, global world wrestling, yeah, yeah, GWF, and so that? what? And then next thing you know, he's X Pac. So yeah. as soon as you start falling for that, I just roll my eyes and be like, man, you're letting them win. That's gonna hurt the company more than eight bad matches in a row. Like that's yeah. gonna hurt people watching more than anything else. And it's not good for your lineup. It's not good that you're throwing shots at, at Jinder Mahal, who could be working for you <laughs> at some point because, you know, nothing lasts forever. <laughs> and so, you know, it just didn't it didn't make any damn sense. And then somehow, you know, Eric Bush, you can't talk shit to Eric because when he was running WCW at one time, he was the number one wrestling company in the world. He was beating yeah. Raw consistently yeah. every week. So before you talk shit about Eric, realize that he, he can speak on it because he's actually done it. He was the one yeah, guy. 83 weeks. Yeah, yeah, that was doing it. And, you know, 
all things come to an end and go through lulls. Money got pulled out and got absorbed and they moved on. You know, the you know, the fan, these same fans that you're listening to are the ones who are posting when you have poor crowds on the Internet. Those are the, yeah. so those are the trolls. Those are your guys that you're listening to that instead of us, you know, focusing on Sting's retirement, which is epic. All they want to do was try yeah. to somebody wanted to sneak out and get on the wrong on the side of a hard camera and show that there wasn't a lot of people there. That's what they wanted to do. Those are the guys that you're going to listen to. Like just stick with yeah. the product. What I still don't understand. What I, what I still don't understand is how like um, with them having like all the old there, you know, like Malenko, Jerry Lynn, Billy Gunn, all of those cats there. I don't understand how they have all of them there, and like things are. These types of things don't happen. Well, I I think in the game for so many years that like can pretty much tell you in their sleep how things should be going. You know what I mean? And my I could only that's a great question, Jeezy. When you have and Dean Malenko, I think is one of the greatest minds. Him and Arn Anderson and uh, Mike Rotundo. If you need to put a match together. You take a pick, <laughs> any one of those three. Um, mm-hmm. They've yep. forgotten more than any of us are ever going to know. You know, mm-hmm. you you want pageantry, you want to walk the ring, you want to know how to do style and profile. You get with a Michael Hayes or somebody, but you want brass tacks mm-hmm. and to make your stuff look wor- believable and make it a work and make it to where people think you're a ferocious animal. You get with Arn Anderson and Dean Malenko or or, or uh, Mr. Rotundo. But yep, I think the difference is that. is that in the WWE. The agents have the power. Now, guys will still go out and do things because the way that, that you can't, you know, certain guys can go over agents' heads and go to, to well, at the time when, I, when we were there, Vince, or now I guess it would be Triple H or, or, or even like Kevin Dunn or any one of those guys. Um, but I, I kind of suspect that the, the wrestlers have a little more individual power than they do in the WWE in terms of what they want to do out there. I think I think uh, because you wouldn't see some of the things that you're seeing if they were listening to someone like a Dean Malenko, if they're listening to someone like Billy Gunn, what hasn't he done? Other than he's never been, you know, the world champion, but he hasn't had to. He doesn't need it. You know, like he's, he's outlasted everyone. And he's yeah. yeah, pretty much. But he's done it all. He's been on the he's been on the bottom. The young guys coming up. He's been the top guy in the business. You know, he's been an, an outcasted. He's been back. He's been redemption. He's you know what I'm saying he's gonna he's a hall of famer. He's all those things. And if he tells you something and you don't listen to him, I don't know, man. You know, so I think again they're on TV. They're making great livings. Stick to listen to your producers. Yeah. Listen to your writers. Listen to your wrestlers. But don't listen to the internet guys they know they're just men who refuse to grow up and they wrestling is they get oh i could have wrote this better why didn't you what's stopping you genius Mm -hmm. you know you you got your camera set up and you're sitting there in your chair with your unmade bed behind you as a backdrop and you're you're watching people live their best lives and like oh man he's not doing it right oh i would have done this i would have done that with their mouth breathers and for what and as soon as you listen to one you gotta listen to all of them because if they get an audience with you you'll mess around and you'll have elmo as your world champ you're not careful bro
<laughs> no, it's true because like, and, and here's in my opinion, like what I've seen in like the way the business is today, like being a wrestling fan or owning a wrestling company does not give you the resume and the tools to make you a good booker. Yeah. And you don't right. necessarily have to be the best wrestler to be a good booker. What you have to have, you know, you have to have a vision and you have to know how to get there. And then you have to implement that and tell your talent, right? Like, like it's, it is when, when people say chain of command, right. And, and look, I, I think no one has done it better than WWE. You got the guy at the top, right. The one making the decisions. And then you have the agents and the agents, you know, they relay the message, help the plan get executed and you go on. And then the talent's responsibility is to get their marching orders, like 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 an army, really. I mean, like the, the military is, is a great analogy that I've used before. You know, to go and execute the plan to the absolute best of their ability. And when that happens, you know, magic happens. And then in a situation like this where, like, look, the, the inmates are running the asylum. and Oh, that's a hey, great point, yeah. Yeah, like if that's a personal style, like the ship, if the ship doesn't have a good captain – that knows how to chart a course and use a compass, how the hell is it going to get to their destination? Yeah, exactly. well, and, and Aaron, exactly. to your point, with Vince, he had surrounded himself with, with three guys were his, like his commanders. His, he had Kevin Dunn, he had Bruce Pritchard, and he had Pat Patterson. All, yeah. three of those, all three of those guys checked every box he needed in the business. And sometimes, I understand that, you got to let go and you got to trust the people that you have already under management that you've already got around. You have to trust the guys that have been there. And it Mm -hmm. seems like sometimes these owners are uh, are the owners of the company who have promoters. They don't listen to the guys that have spent their whole lives doing this and, and trust them. Trust. Maybe that's the big issue. They don't trust the guys that have been there and made that magic. And that's what we need to do. They need to just listen and trust those guys. Because here's the thing. Yeah. If if Hook and Joe don't have a five, well, five-star match is so stupid. That doesn't even exist. F*** that uh, if, they, you know if, if they don't have a really good match, this will keep going. Jinder yep. and Seth are going to have a good match. There's gonna, it's gonna be a good match, Honey, and 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 Honey. Triple H has got the, he's got the, you know WWE's thing to put the title on him. <laughs> They'll do yeah. it because Seth to get it back, or whatever the yep. case may be. You don't know where they're going, but they're always, they're not just doing things. They know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, I think you want to make. It, Joe's first, you know, uh, match with Hook, good, great for him, good for everybody. But don't be like, well, you have gender. Like, you sound like the the troll internet guy talking about gender hasn't beaten anybody in a year. Here's the newsflash. Nobody's beaten anybody. It's, It's a work. Yep. Like, oh, man, the only guy who probably kept a record his record was maybe Hogan, but he lost a shit ton in Japan and AEW, and he lost a lot That's coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like, when does the record start and stop? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, it's just. Right? 
But yeah. if you want to go down that route, like, and, and I've always equated, like, what we do, it's no different than live theater, movies, whatever. If Stallone didn't want to do the job to Mr. T, and yes, we're going to Rocky Three again. Son of a bitch. Rocky Three wouldn't have been the movie it has been because Stallone wouldn't have had a mountain to climb. And then you don't penalize people, in my opinion, for doing what they're told. And then that's what it is, right? Like, oh, well, the record, this and that. And that, that's like the, the mentality is just completely wrong. Yeah. And again, gender doesn't need to ask permission or need exception or, or someone to say, oh, man, he's he's paid his dues. He's a he's a top guy. <laughs> and he has been and he's been one of the most hated heels in the business. And guess what? Three MB was over. <laughs> they were feuding with them with with tons of funk. They were over. Don't do not ever get it twisted. Two and, out of the three guys are world champions. And Heath, I mean, Heath could be whatever the hell he wants to be. But and but those guys job was to when I was a baby face when the Funkasaurus, they was to get me over. And, you know, they were there to get heat and do that stuff. And and in this day and age, nobody wants to get the baby face over anymore. Everybody wants to be the cool ass heel, you know, and they they made sure that they were the uncoolest heels. You know, they made everybody all these. I hate them. I hate them guys because they were doing their job at a high level. So you're going to throw shade towards gender. You you've lot you are grossly out of touch. But uh, I think I think we've beaten that horse to death. Yeah. You're listening to the Three Wise Men, and we'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, Trevor, you let's 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 switch gears here. Now, okay. Trevor, you watched a little bit of the town hall last. I understand. Um, yes, I, I'm. I'm probably going to get heat for this, but I, I'm not a MAGA supporter. But I, I, I am a Trump fan, and I watched the town hall, trying going into it uh, open minded. And one of the things I noticed is like. I feel like when I watched it, I didn't get much detailed information from him on what he was going to do when he went into office. Okay. Um, I, I like Trump, but he's another one of those guys that would, like should stay off social media. You understand? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause that's how the media gets. They get him to fight with them over shit that doesn't really equate to anything. Matter. Yeah. Yes. And I just felt when I was watching it, yes, I felt his confidence. I felt he was cool. But, like, right now, with the way the world's going, I need to know what you're going to do when you go to work. And right. I believe it when what he says. When he tells me he's going to do something, I believe it. But I just didn't hear it last night at the town hall. I heard a lot of him encouraging other people's praise of him and him burying the people that were talking smack about it. And that's... I, that wasn't encouraging to me. 
Do you think, Trevor, and, and again, let's just like from from Trump's point of view, do you think it's because, again, like he's not a new person uh, and, and he's not foreign to the office to where we know what he's about? Like, and, and if we look at his immigration policy, um, like we don't have to. Add, and I mean, maybe this was just his point of view, right? Like we know where he stands because look what he did. Look at how there was, you know, not the border crisis that we have today. You know, look at the economy. Like, we almost, like, I, I kind of felt it was he, as, as America, like, we know what we get with him. And, um, you know, I mean, Lord, I mean, you don't have to be a genius. It's a lot better than what we have now. Um, and maybe, do you think, like, it was that kind of perspective that he was coming from? No, I, I, I agree with you. Like, he's already proven himself, and that's why, again, like, I t- still tell you guys now, I support him. I just feel like there's a lot of details that DeSantis is bringing up, Nikki Haley's bringing up, um, the other gentleman's name that I can't pronounce his name properly, so I don't Vivek. want to disrespect him. Yes. I, I feel like when they're talking, like they give very detailed, informative, like information-based answers. And right now, as a country, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear exactly, you know, you can't, you can't tell me the one, two, three steps-wise, but I want to know when you walk in there, what are you going to do to change what what Joe Biden's done? What Marioka? Uh, Marioka? Uh, I can't pronounce his name either. The oh my god! Um, yep. Yeah. What are you going to do to change that? I understand you're going to fix it. Everybody's saying they're going to fix it. Tell me what you're going to do. Don't don't just talk smack about what everybody else has already said. I've already heard that before. I want to know. I want to feel confident. I feel confident, but I want to know for sure. That when you step into that office, you've already got an A, B, and C planned. I'm going to take care of this on the border. I'm going to do when I step in. I'm going to do this on the economy. When I step in, I'm going to do this with energy. Not that you're just going to change it. What are you going to do to to change it? How did Biden affect it? And what are you going to do to fix it? I know he messed it up. That's a very blanketed answer. I got to know, bro. I got to know what your plans are, and that's. That's the one thing I felt I was missing from that town hall was the information part of it. Am I am I making any sense of that? No, yeah, you want like what's the plan, man? Like right. you have our attention. Uh, and I think I, I think that's a common frustration with people with politicians. Not including Donald Trump aside. I think it, it just in general you want at this point I think we're all tired of the Oh, this guy did this. This guy did that. We're living it. So I think, you know, I'm living it. So we're all living it. We're all feeling the pinch. We know what's going on. We do want solutions. I think the other side of it is we have to uh, accept the fact that there are those who are that support or um, that are with Biden that are they like what he's done. They don't have an issue with open borders. <laughs> they don't have an issue. Or communism. Yeah. They, there's, you know, the progressives, they're, they're socialists. So is it, is his message going to be strong enough to get people, because let's remember now, he needs to, for President Trump, in my opinion, to, to win the White House or Nikki Haley or Vivek or, um, 
DeSantis, they got to get at least 15 million new voters, or they got to get at least some way or another, either they're just frustrated in the Democrats, but they don't want to vote across so they stay home, or the independents come back. So, and that's the that's the trick, because the cons- conservatives are outnumbered. There's more liberals than there are conservatives. There just is in this country. So you, you have to hit in the right places, and you have to, to Trevor's point, your message has to be clear. It has to be someone who doesn't like you, but is voting for you because your policies make more sense to them. And that's the thing is like you need to run. You got to keep it real in the sense that you cannot run on what because all that all that Biden is running on is it just can't be Trump, you know. Yep. And they do the you know, you got he's a terrorist and he's all these stupid things. He was in office for four years and uh, he didn't change democracy at all. And uh, that's probably when he would have been in the best position to do so when you have your appointees in there and you have control of the most the most vicious military to ever walk the face of the earth. That's kind of the time when you decide to pull a coup, not when you're out, right. not when you're voted out, you know, just because he didn't he didn't make the beds of the White House and clean it up and leave his keys in the deposit box when he left. I get it. He was, you know, and he felt he was robbed. And if his entire presidency, they went out of the way to disrupt him and disrespect him and anything false about him, the dossier, all that crap, they ran it. He was an agent of Russia. He ran it. So he has every reason to be paranoid and to be the way he is. But I've always said, run on your deeds and don't give the Jim Acostas of the world and these guys whose only goal is to fight and argue with you. Like, that's it. They just need you because you're distracted. You can't do a good job. It's like if, if you and I had a, having a match, Trevor, and one crowd, somebody in the crowd heckled you, and you rolled out of the ring and argued with them for five minutes, <laughs> the rest of the audience and me would be in the ring like, whenever you're ready, bro, because this is a bad time. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, the entire the match would be like, what? You're focusing on this one dude yelling back and forth with him, and the rest of us are just like, what? And I think that's what you don't want anymore, you know? Well, I think a certain part of America also sees that as, man, you guys seem to go after this guy a lot. What are you, what do you, what do you, what is, what are you scared of with him? I know one of the things that I have issues with the other candidates like DeSantis and Haley and, and the other gentlemen is I don't think, I don't feel like they're tough enough. I don't feel like they'll, they will stand on their merit. And, and stay true to their campaign promises. Like they'll fold Trump, to special interests once yes. they get in there, like Biden did. As soon as he yeah. got in, the the um, progressive said, we'll take it from here. And we all had all those, yeah, and we had those, um, all those uh, virtue signal hirings and all that equity hires and the, you know. The one thing you can't say about Trump, and I'm just being, ta- I'm being direct and forth, he's got a set of balls and yeah. he's, he's tough. And I, that's the, that's a certain, I think Americans want that strength in their president. They want that. We need that not only for ourselves, but for our image to the world. Yeah. Well, the strength of America. Right now we have a president who can't complete a sentence. Nope. And struggles, can't speech, can't do a speech, can't talk to anybody, you know, and the mm-hmm. world knows it. And that's why we're in two wars with a third on the way, you yep. know, China's getting pretty comfortable, like, yeah, we're going to reunite with Taiwan. I don't feel like, you know, Taiwan would use the word reunite. 
<laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know what I'm no, saying? they're not holding hands and, and skipping down the road together at all. So yeah, but... go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. No, and and then like you know when I was in New York a couple weeks ago, it was just mind blowing. Um, you know from what was going on with like um, there, there were all these scooters parked in front of the Roosevelt, I believe, hotel. Yeah, and I was told like they're all parked illegally. No one's doing anything about it. It's and it's like the and I don't want to say lawlessness, but yes, I mean that, that's what it is. I mean, a, a complete like when you don't uphold the laws that are already in place, and and that is my biggest issue with this administration. When like oh, like California, okay, and I know this is more of a state thing than a federal issue, but the fact that we're going to approve sex changes. For illegal immigrants, you're spending money, taxpayers' money, on taking care of people who are here illegally. It is against the law. And that is just like the fact that that's even a discussion, let alone a policy now, is just completely disheartening. And, And it shows a disrespect for our Constitution. It shows a disrespect for, in my opinion, our country. And that's just uh, like I, I, I've been extremely frustrated and I need to say that. Well, and that's a good point because, well, here's this. Throw this at me. When and it's all a money making hustle is what it is. Like when you're when you're leading expert on climate change is Greta Stromberg, you don't have an argument. <clears throat> OK. And it's not even the fact that they're doing it to where illegal uh, immigrants coming in want sex changes. It's the committees that are put together to do the fact-finding and look for recipients. That's the hustle. Then they'll put a bunch of their friends on these boards, and guess what? Each one of them's got to get a hundred grand or more to meet once a week and talk about absolutely nothing but feelings. And I keep I've coined a new phrase: feelings are just lies. They are just pretty lies you tell yourself to feel better. That's all they yeah. are. And when you deal with feelings, uh, facts and truth are really, really annoying to you so when you're running a cold campaign on feelings and feelings can turn to fear you know if trump wins you know what he's going to do probably what he did last time he was in yeah you know and 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 again like there's to what you said there's the war on objectivity now that we're fighting as a society and and we can look at this on any kind of front now like in in, in any realm of the political spectrum it's like Oh, well, my opinion, I perceive it as this. No, the sky is blue. Grass is green. You know what I mean? You you will have people uh, just contest points that have been completely steadfast for years. And it's just, to me, that's more of a confusion thing because they want to distract from how bad, like, things actually are to a certain degree, right? And, And just what you said about feelings, right? We're appealing to people's feelings as opposed to facts and distracting. Uh, And that's just, again, uh, I think the American people have kind of started to see through that. And if you look at the current president's approval ratings, you'll see that in there. No, that's a good point. I just, I think the, what I, because here's the deal. It's, I'm, I vote based off of what's best for my bottom line. I don't. If uh, if I don't like the policies, then I'm not going to vote for that person. I'm not going to vote for somebody because they say say things um, that I like to hear. 
because you, Aaron, you know me better than anyone. If you're everybody's friends, I hate you <laughs> because you're nobody's friend. Don't ever be the dude who gets along with everyone. That's the that's the you gotta watch. That's the dude that's up to no good. That's the dude that's shady because he's pleasing everybody for a reason. And yep. um, you know, and Mercurial. we're yeah, oh yeah. Well, he can't even do it right. He's just ignorant. He can't even do it right. He doesn't. He's just the quote from it was. This was what, like, probably God, more than ten years ago. But anybody who nobody has a problem with has a problem with me. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's what I said. Yep. So I said that's what I said in the the locker room. Yeah, I said it in the WWE locker room after. uh, We're all in this together. We're all friends. Nah, you get yours. I'm gonna get mine. We, we uh, won't go there because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a wrestler um, wedding ring got stolen. I was like, okay, you want me to believe that a man would steal another man's wedding band? You want to believe that? Ain't nobody going to, no, ain't no man who's not married wearing a wedding band. Yep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, you Somebody took it off and was having an evening of fun doing something they weren't supposed to and they lost it. But to his wife, I get it. Like, oh, my God, it's been stolen. And he went through the thing, and the rest of us, you know, hey, it's a work. I'm with it. Oh, man, I'm looking everywhere. You know, but I wasn't looking nowhere. I was like, shit, ain't nobody, ain't nobody stole, just went in your bag and got your wedding band, bruh. Like, but I'm not, you know, hey, to each his own, I'm not saying nothing. And then Big Show came in and gave a speech about how we all got to stick together and we in this together and, you know, and if, you know, we can't be stealing from each other. And I just, he's, we all got to look out for each other. We're all in this together. And I just said, Shit, you get yours. I'm going to get mine. You watch me. I'll, you watch you. I'll watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it was that every yeah. man for yourself. Yeah. You watch I yeah. watch mine home. Yeah. If zip, I, if I was sitting next to Yeah, you, zip the bags up, bro. Just come on, I've man. Not that hard. That oh, was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because it was just like, come on, man. Like we're we're wasting time. Cause at hey, the time that was everybody else's mentality though. They were putting on But it was nobody's time. mentality. It just sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah. Cause yeah. then I, you know, cause the next thing says, "Well, cool. Can we all ride with you in the bus tonight? <laughs> Turn in our rental cars." And he looked yeah. at me like, "Show looked at me like you out your mind." <laughs> like he's like, "You can." I was like, oh, "I got you know, I already got my boys." But the thing is, is like people say, shit, and that's my problem with the Biden administration. They say shit that sounds well, it doesn't even sound good anymore. It's just weird and whack. And they hire people based off the color of their skin or who they sleep with, opposed to um, their merits, their resume. Are they good at the job? And we're seeing it. I mean, it's just one embarrassment after another. Nobody knew that the guy in charge of the nuclear war has been missing for four days. <laughs> no one had a clue. No clue. Something well, popped off. We, you realize if another country decided, North Korea, who is selling rockets all over the country now, Ukraine's getting hit with missiles and in, in, in Israel are getting hit with missiles made in North Korea. So whatever sanctions we have on North Korea ain't working. They're doing just fine. And uh, But if, if uh, Russia or a, a country with the nuclear capability decided to launch... We have exactly 15 minutes to figure out what happened and whether we respond in kind. 15 minutes to figure out, is it a danger to America? Was it a misfire? 
Where is it hitting? Is it going to, you know, uh, what allies is going to affect? Is this is the, the wind current going to send it our way? You have 15 minutes. Could you imagine something pops off and literally we got two wars going on and a possible, all kinds of shit jumping off in Africa. Someone fires something and they're like, yeah, well, we'll just call defense, the secretary of defense. Uh, keep calling his office. We can't find him. No one knows where he is. Call him at his home. Call his wife's phone. Oh, we can't. Oh, he's in the hospital. He's he's he has he has cancer. He has prostate cancer. He's getting it. He's been in, he's in terrible pain with a bladder infection. By the time oh okay well who's next? Boom, it's over. You understand what I'm saying? Like that type of stuff. And they're trying like oh we're going to get a new procedure together. No no no. People should be fired for that. Yes. Yeah. That's a net matter of national security. The guys in charge of watching the gate were in the cafeteria, or in this case, the infirmary. They were not where they were supposed to be, which means somebody got to go. And, you know, the only thing they get a pass on is they said the president didn't know until the press know. Hey, he could have called the president and told him he won't remember. <laughs> he probably had the conversation. No, you saw that damn speech where he was trying yeah, to say the, the Trump is the end of democracy and domestic terror. Bruh, there's two wars popping off, and and uh, you were not seeing anything that's going on in Ukraine anymore. Gee, I wonder why. Because I I, th- I don't think Russia's getting beat as bad as they were trying to tell us they were. Yep. You know, and uh, with this border wide open, we have no idea who's in our country. No idea. But I will tell you this. There's a lot of in-shape young men who did not come here to work. That's what blows my mind. We're not hearing any of the lower socioeconomical complaints that we usually hear. They're taking all our jobs and they're, you know, they're, they're showing up and they're, they're working in agriculture and they're working in the 24-hour fast mm-hmm. food thing. They're not taking jobs. So what the hell are no, they doing? Tax dollars. No, but I'm saying they're waiting. Yeah, they're waiting for something. Like we've been played, fellas. Like, it, and I'm not a conspiracy theory, but when I look at when they're showing what videos we, and this is just the ones who were just blatantly walking across in the middle of the day, they have no idea how many getaways they are. They have no, they can estimate and times that by ten at least to be just a. But we, they're estimating at the end of this Biden administration, fifteen million people to eighteen million people. Would have gotten into this country. Do you? Let's just say five hundred thousand of them are bad actors. That's a pretty big army. Yep. You know they they show up to the country with a piece of paper with a city on it, and no one thinks that's weird. Mm-hmm. But this administration publicly won't say we want an open border, but their policies and the way they treat the men and women who protect our border says different. And to Trevor's point, he just wants someone to speak plain English and tell us exactly what the plan is, how he's going to do it, and if there are hiccups from the previous administration, what needs to be done. Run on that, and I think you'll be just fine. And I thought um, we were getting that from DeSantis, but he's gotten... He's gotten up in the trying to have the war of wars, but he sounds like the unathletic little brother who likes to tell on you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he does. 
He was teasing well, me, and, and <laughs> I don't like it. And he's a liar. And if he says he doesn't remember, that means he said it on tape. So he's a liar, you know. And Nikki Haley's like, "Shut up! I'll slap you again in the back." Like she just, he he just he something he just comes off awkward. But he's done a great job in Florida. Yes, so he has. It's he such has. a weird thing with him because as soon as he talks, I don't know if it's the pitch of his voice or his body language, or his. His, he just well, comes off like whiny. I guess that's the best. Yeah. He's whiny. Nobody wants whiny. Do you know who's making, I mean, a little bit of noise right now is RFK Jr. He's been making noise for a long time, but, uh, but he's, the Democrats are putting, a, they're going to put a stop to that. They're going to, you know, they're, they're doing everything yeah. they can to demonize him and cancel him because, because, yeah, because if I was a, I tell you what, like if if I was a Democrat, and I'm talking a, I'm not talking a socialist slash communist. I'm talking a true Democrat, like from the '80s. Yeah, you know Kennedy's message. It, it's I, I would be torn because again, like look at our current president's approval ratings. To where are they the lowest in history? I mean, I'm not completely sure of that, but I mean they're they're definitely in the conversation. Jimmy Carter where, ought to be so happy right now. He ought to be so. Oh happy yeah, he's right off now. the hook. He's always happy. Yeah. He's always smiling. He's got the best smile. Well, yeah. Good guy, but you, you guys know what I'm talking. Oh about. yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nuts. Um. But but it's interesting, right? Like, did in, in your opinion, guys, do you think that RFK Jr. could sway this election in terms of like dividing if, one side or another? Because some of his stuff makes sense. If he runs as an independent. He could he could take some votes away. I don't know if it's going to be like Ross Perot votes, but um, he could. And I always laugh, and when I hear people like they're messing the election, no, those people didn't want to vote for you. They voted for him because they wanted to vote for him. You didn't have their votes, and yeah. that's why they're like, oh, it needs to be a two party, and that's it. No, no, the reason why you're saying that is because you want people who don't want to vote for Trump to vote for you, but they don't like you. They just like you. They just like you a little more than him but they don't yep. want to support you. So I, there is no none of that BS about, oh, I need to uh, – there shouldn't be third parties. There should be. There should be four parties. People should have a choice. And if you don't want to vote for Trump or Biden and you want to vote for a Kennedy or you want to vote for a Mnuchin or you want to vote for a Vivek, you should be able to if they run independence. There should be no drama about it. There's no re- that, that argument has no water. That is a talking point and a gaslight to try to convince people that that's a problem. It's not a problem because they didn't want to vote for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and again, like to your point, a third, a fourth party – do you know what that will do simply by nature is that is going to severely take away polarization, which is what I think a lot of people, you know, especially, you know, if you listen to the Democrat side of it, like to where they are complete, like if you have a conversation with anyone that's progressive now or not anyone, but a lot of people and you say something that doesn't agree with them, you are instantly ostracized and condemned Right. Because of, again, that, in my opinion, it is like a premeditated polarization from the left. Isn't it basically if you're, you know, if you're not with me, you're an against me mentality. A hundred percent. But it's not that you're against me. It's that you are a racist. You are 
cruel. You don't care about children, right? I mean, it, it's again, right. like Tyra said, appealing to emotion as opposed to logic and critical thinking. And even to that point, like even when you give them logic and you give them the facts, people will blatantly just ignore them. How how many politicians have we seen could seriously see the facts put right in front of them, but they'll literally turn their head and not look at it and pretend like it's not there, almost like a kid. I didn't see it. It didn't happen. Yeah. It's, it's an accountability issue, too. You know what I mean? It's us holding each other and our politicians accountable. One of the one of the things I'm starting to notice when it comes to the news and, and social media and stuff is a lot of people are starting to replay some of these politicians' previous words and holding those words against them. You know what I mean? Um, it's, man, accountability, gentlemen, accountability. Yeah, well, and then again, oh, sorry, Tyrus. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, like, what it is, it's, we need to be, I, I think, as a country, right? We need to put I before E. Intellect before emotion. Yeah. That's, you just I mean, that's, that's Pat Kenny, a Pat Kennyism. 100% credit Pat Kenny on that. But <laughs> it, but that, but but it, there's truth to that, right? If you appeal to emotion, emotions are fleeting. They come and they go. They, there is no foundation. There is no rock to stand on, right? Intellect is harvested, cultivated, developed, what have you, over time and is backed up by facts and objectivity. And that goes back to my statement where I said I think there is kind of a war being waged on objectivity. There you go. I'll shut up. Well, uh, while we were talking, I was looking at all this beef and stuff going on. You know, it's fun. <laughs> Everybody, uh, Cat Williams and stirred a whole bunch of pots, man. <laughs> oh, man. Cat Williams came out shooting, bro. <laughs> yeah, he just and, – and the responses are, just blow my mind. And it's like wrestling too, man. When wrestlers shoot on each other and stuff and it's like um, – Cat said a lot of truths, and he he kept it real. But what if you disagree with him? Then disagree with him on the merits of the argument and what he's saying. Everyone's response was like venom, like they tried to assassinate his character, and that's what makes it like truer. Was everything he said a hundred percent? No, like um, you could ask questions about the tour numbers, I guess, but. But that's beyond, you know, that's not even the point. But uh, I, working with as stupid as a bodyguard, I had a, a few run-ins with Cat, and he was always a very genuine, decent person. Uh, he treated security with dignity. Uh, he went out of his way for kids. Like, uh, I can remember uh, being at his house and him coming down and, may, you know, bringing bags of barbecue for us. To eat. We weren't his security. We were Snoop's security. Asking if we need anything, if we had anything, please don't hesitate to ask. He was doing it himself. So that's who, at the, where he's extremely intelligent. As yeah, well. but he's at the core of who he is. So he's adopted seven children. You know, he does charity events for kids all the time. He just doesn't bring cameras because, the, you know, it's for the kids. Um, so... You know, all my interactions with him have been extremely positive. And I was dealing with this when he was going through the Steve Harvey trying to silence him and and affect him. But it didn't. So when he comes out and he's speaking on things 
and he's a man. He's a, he's a religious man, and you know he has this thing. And I, I've I've been through it similarly. I was on a movie set, um, Supercom, me and Mike Epps, and uh, John Malkovich, and uh, Russell Peters, and a, a bunch of other cats, and. We're, oh, what a lineup. Yeah, and we're doing our thing, and it's an improv comedy, and uh, my my character um, is Carter, uh, something Carter. And um, it was um, about halfway through the movie, and we're doing a thing, and, and uh, Epps just got punched in the face while I was somewhere else, and he's got a big bruise on his face. And I was like, damn, what happened to your face? And he was like, don't worry about what my face. You know, what you what happens to you? You're gonna be back doing, you know, and arguing back and forth, and like you find find those guys and rip their back, like beat them up, whatever the case may be. The director goes to me after we finished the the deal, he said, Hey, hey, uh, Tyrus, I got an idea. And I was like, What? He's like, I think you should be gay. And <laughs> And I looked at him. I wish no. I could have stood right there and listened to that conversation. And he was like giggling, and he's like, "What if you you need to be gay?" And I was like, "What would I do different?" <laughs> if I'm a badass who's a bad guy trying to beat up the good guys, wouldn't it matter who I slept with when I got off work being a villain? <laughs> like. You know what I'm saying? And he looked at me, and I was like, so, yeah, what would change? And uh, they just kind of put their heads down, and he was like, well, I guess nothing. Did he want want you to (laughs) act? Like, was he wanting you to, like, I I was, you know, my thing was like, my thing was like, if he wanted me to be, like, feminine and and that, I, I wasn't doing that. And besides the fact of most of the, and it's wrestling, so everybody's gay sometimes, but um, in working in entertainment, you work with a lot of of gay men and women, and most of the game dudes I know lift weights and are powerlifters, not feminine at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's just a stereotype of one particular a feminine man or whatever that happens to be gay. But I was like, there was, I'm not, you know, I'm not walking with my hands swinging or whatever, whatever that would be, or, you know, change my voice or whatever. If my character is gay, then I'm just gay. That has nothing to do with anything else, you know? And the way I answered it is what put it out. I just said, okay, what would I do different? And he said, well, I guess I guess nothing. All right then, I'm gay. Can we finish the scene? <laughs> hey, you know what? As, and again, I can just imagine the look on your face. So no, no emotion. No. Yeah, nothing. just like all right. Okay, I'm, I'm gay. All right, I'm gay. Next, next scene. <laughs> again, maybe he wasn't talking about the movie. Maybe he was talking trying to give well, career advice. Well, this I already had the movie. Oh, oh. I was already in the movie. I was already doing well, but. I've been on. I've, I've, I didn't realize what it was until it was over. You know what I'm saying? I had no idea what had happened. Now I'm, I've never told this story, but I'm, I'm gonna tell you guys this story. So, and Aaron, you've seen when I've gone to LA and I've had meetings with production companies and guys who were offering movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in this. I was at this dinner, and. Um, it was kind of late, and it was getting done, and we had the dinner in the hotel in a hotel lobby. Uh, the, uh, there was a restaurant in the hotel lobby, 
And uh, we were all staying at the the hotel, and the the guy was, you know, giving us a pitch about the TV show and what it would encompass and everything else. And um, it was getting late. It was like around midnight. No, maybe like, yeah, it was like getting around midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, the guy was just asking me all kinds of questions and stuff, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, just – uh, I have to wait to see, you know, what the line, you know, what 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 the lines. Let me see the script, and then I'll start thinking about the type of character I'd play, and like, what are you looking for? And he's like, oh, just be aggressive, just be yourself, just you know, like angry black guy who's, you know, you're you're the smartest guy in the hospital, but you know, you're the janitor. I'm like, oh, okay. So like, the doctors come to me for advice during the TV show. All right, that sounds cool. I, I can do that. Whatever. And uh, you know, we're talking, talking, whatever. Uh, the other guys leave. One guy was like super drunk and got him a car to take him to wherever he was staying or whatever and uh, leave the table. I get in the elevator. Now I'm staying on the 14th floor and I had made a joke about they had put me in the suite so they must have made a mistake. And uh, haha. So I get up to the 14th floor and the little producer dude is standing there in the hallway like, hey. And I was like, what? And he was like, looked at me and I said, man, you had a misread, bro. Get your ass in the elevator. Have a good night. <laughs> and he's like, "Don't hit me." <laughs> and I said, "You wish." Have a good night, man. <laughs> ha- have a good night. Went in my room, stopped, looked back, shook my head, <laughs> laughed. By the way, guys, I didn't get the I didn't get the movie. But uh, oh damn it! But you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> didn't need it. Didn't need it that yeah, bad. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That could have been the one. Could have been yep. the one. Yep. Could have been the one. And then you yep. wouldn't have beat me at 73. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, you know, it's it's one of the, it's the, those things happen. So, and, I, and again, I'm not the average guy. I'm a monster. I get it. But no means no. So, <laughs> hey, yeah, where, where was this one? And again, like, not to discredit what happened, you know, the Me Too movement, like, there were monsters that were called out, right? And as they should have been. Yep. But no one, like, from a guy's perspective in Hollywood, oh my God, there's a reason I don't live in LA anymore. And, and I've kind of like diversified because, no, that, that happens to guys too. And but it, men don't it, tell. I think, no. I think Terry Crews is the only one who told. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, and Cat did, but oh yeah, I, I would almost I would say it happens more, you know. And there's let's just hey, wrestling. We all heard the rumors. We always hear the rumors. You know, guys yeah, get guys get put into spots. Plants like being a plant isn't a black thing; it's an entertainment thing. They'll pick somebody that everyone else will be like, "How the hell did that dude get the top spot?" Well, you know, he goes to special meetings, and you're like, "Oh, you know, yeah." But the thing is, again, I only speak on what I know, not what I hear or what I think. I think that's one thing. But if you choose that path, you know, and it, it, it you got to live with it. And here's the thing: he that that those people eventually that do this to you, they're going to move on to somebody new, and you're going to be in a situation where you get replaced if your skill set. Like they put you in position, let's say they gave you a put you in a hit show and they wrote all your jokes for you and they made all your things and they you made all kinds of money with them and then you know they he the the producer or the bad person that you did the deed with to get to where you wanted to go, 
they find a new younger one like you. And so they're going to start pushing him. Then you're left with your skill set to get other projects. Or worse, it's a small world and a lot of the other directors and producers know what you did to get that role so they don't want to work with you. So then now you're stuck. Either you have the skill set to keep going, but if you had it to begin with, then you probably wouldn't have done what you did. Yep. So then you're stuck. Then it's buyer's remorse. And I don't feel bad for someone who makes that choice when it doesn't work out for them. If they would have said no and all, and everyone said no, those monsters can't do that. But there's the ones that say yes and they they and then and then they do everything they can or worse and they start stealing from guys coming up to stay on top. And so it is an ugly ugly thing and I think Cat Williams exposed it. And anyone who's but again, it was pretty easy answer for me. I didn't want to be on a movie that bad. There was nothing about that that I wanted to do. And again, like I said, and you don't have to be gay or straight to not want to sleep with somebody for a job. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's the it's just the why even put yourself in that situation. You know, because we you hear all the stuff, we hear all the rumors and and uh, and also for people who aren't succeeding, they'll use that to the reason why they're well. I wouldn't sleep with a director, so that's why I haven't got a movie in ten years. <laughs> you, you're like it's just yeah, you yeah. Know, it's, okay, sure. But uh, you know what I'm saying it's it's a funny thing, and Cat bringing it up made a lot of people uncomfortable. And it goes back to what Aaron said because men won't tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, you don't hear often about men rape men being raped because they won't tell, or being coerced or being sexually harassed because because with in a, for some for a man it's just because it's not just somebody violating your body and you're a victim and no one should have to have their their that happen to them. But you also lose your manhood in a sense to other men. Because men, and yeah. it's just being real, men won't understand. Uh, he would have had to kill me. He would have, you know what I'm saying? They would have been like, oh, you must be, you must have wanted to do that if he did that. No, you're not going to hear from men that go like, oh, man, I understand what you went through, bro. That's terrible. That shouldn't have happened to you. They might say like, oh, man, that's terrible. And then as soon as you aren't around them, like, I don't know, man, he would have had to kill me. You know what I'm saying? Like, And I think yeah. that's kind of what Cat did. Was saying, I mean, y'all can do it if you want to, but I'm not doing that. I said no. And it made a lot of people uncomfortable. Because if you didn't do it, I'm a firm believer. If you did nothing wrong, you don't need to talk to the press. You don't need to talk to social media. The only people got to be good with you is your circle, your job, and your family. That's it. Yep. Because why the hell do I got to talk to some strangers about some shit I know I didn't do? I don't need to clear my name through you guys at all. Fuck y'all. I'm going to worry about what's important and the truth will come out. Even if that means I go to court to, to prove myself, I'll so be it. But sitting in and doing interviews and stuff, that just comes off as guilty to me. And you yeah. say, or you come at him. You know, you can say, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the thing about stealing jokes. Yeah. Hey, man, he was good. I liked him a lot. But, you know, I mean, yeah, maybe I did kind of borrow some of his stuff. But you don't get that. You get venom. And whenever someone, whenever you speak a truth or, or a fact, you never ever, when somebody comes back at you with their side, 
There's a conversation. There's a debate. Things can be fixed. But when people come at you with fire, because you struck a nerve. And that's how we're going to leave the podcast today, because we're going over. But uh, <laughs> marinate on that. So the next time, and it's easy. Fellas, you get in a fight with your girls, like, why don't you take the trash out? And you're like, I didn't take the trash out because you always hating on me. <laughs> no. <laughs> you didn't take the trash out because you didn't do it. Uh, you have to understand, like, I'm not taking the trash out for you. But you think you my, you my slave owner? No, it's your chore. So... You always know when someone comes back with venom that they that they uh, they, they they're uncomfortable because you you touched an area that they were probably trying to forget. But uh, you know, for more podcasts like this, just like this, good luck finding one. You can find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Listen ad-free with Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.